You're listening to Average Joe Sports Talk Podcast with your boy Eman. Yo, what is up, everybody? Your boy Eman coming at you, episode 67. What a week it has been so far. Capping it off with a great Sunday. Come on, what can you say, boy? My teams are on fire, especially the Yankees. My New York Yankees clinched division this week. Severino comes back after being out all year long. Has a fire start. Had another start today. No more fire. We are running in all speeds to the playoffs and to take on everybody and hopefully getting that one ring, that one more ring, and, you know, have a, a championship at least in every single decade. And up, You know what I mean? The 90s, the 2000s, and hopefully the 2010s. But that's not what I'm excited about so much. I'm excited about the Yankees, but I'm not going to talk baseball because I'm not there yet. Your boy's not there on baseball topics just yet, especially when the Daniel Jones era has begun today. And what a way to start it. What a way to kick off. What a way for Daniel Jones to kick off his legacy career. Dimes Mania, that's what I'm going to call this kid. Hashtag Dimes Mania is running wild in the streets of New York City, folks. Tonight, right now. The champagne and the beer is pouring up in Manhattan and the Lower East Side all the way to Uptown, Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx, Staten Island, Strong Island, everywhere. Everybody's partying tonight because the Giants got the first win. And your boy, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, got busy. But hold on, hold on. Before I start with the anointment of the savior, Daniel Jones, I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it real because you know your boy, your boy E-Man here always keeps it real. I was one of those cats that hated on Daniel Jones getting picked number six. Did not hate it on picking a quarterback, even Daniel Jones, because I wasn't going for Kyler. That wasn't my thing. I just was not happy with using a number six, the number six pick so quickly when other players were there that we thought we needed on Daniel Jones. I'm not, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't hating on Danny being our quarterback. I was just not like the fact that it was pick number six. I was one of those haters and I've been saying it. Well, a few episodes back, right after the preseason, when I made a comparison with the rookie quarterbacks and I put my boy Danny Jones, you know, Danny Dimes up there as, as you know, showing us a lot and saying that he's changing my mind. You know, I know it's preseason, but, you know, I don't put a lot of stock on preseason. Let's see what he does. Well, the dude just just shut my mouth, put more thoughts in my head and said, dude, I was wrong. It's only one game, but the dude is an NFL quarterback. I mean, how can you debut by leading the Giants to a come from behind win over the Bucks? I mean, the Giants were losing 28 to 10 at halftime. Famous Jameis, Jameis Winston, was having a career day today. Already had had three touchdowns. Michael Evans, who's been quiet, unseen, unheard of all season long, had three touchdowns in the first half. And like in the first quarter, 111 yards receiving and two touchdowns. I mean, he finished 190 yards receiving for the day with three touchdowns. Everything was going the same way. Daniel Jones scored his first touchdown with a keep, you know, a fake off to Saquon Barkley and a handoff. It was great. Boom. But it was 28 to 10 at halftime. And this kid just came out in this second half like nobody, like nobody's business. When he was all over, baby, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, had four touchdowns, led a second-half rally to secure a 32-31 victory. And, and then, of course, don't get me wrong, I thought it was going to be typical Giants, you know, this year kind of luck. The Bucks came back, and they were in field goal position, 34 yards. Thank God that the uh, kicker missed it. Thank God. Bust out the champagne and the, and the beer, baby, because the Giants got the first their first win of the year. One of the main takeaways I want to kind of go over and uh, give you my opinion on in regards to Daniel Jones and the way this game was played 
O-line sucks. We know that from the Giants. We have no receivers. I mean, great job by Evan Ingram today, who did an unbelievable job. Evan Ingram got busy. I mean, he had some great catches. Uh, I even had one-handed catch at Allah. OBJ, OBJ, go pound sand. Sterling Shepard with 100 yards and a touchdown. So Evan Ingram and, you know, we know Daniel Jones rushed, you know, rushed for the winning one. And we're going to touch that in a little bit. And then that first one, it, it was pretty good, man. I mean, Danny, Danny Dimes, 336 yards. What can you say, man? Ran for two, threw for two, just kept the team going, drives alive. That's what we need. And that's a different has been that. And look, I know the problem wasn't Eli Manning. 100% is this bad Giants team who we can, we cannot, you know, we cannot hold water with our secondary. Our front line sucks too. Our offensive line sucks also. And we don't have anything else, which is a really bad team. But Eli did make some mistakes, and you know, Father Time catches you with with you know, with you, and I think that's what happened with Eli. Eli has never never been a mobile quarterback, but at least Eli was able to move in the pocket and make some throws. He's you know the the reflex not there, the timing is not there for Eli. It's been 15 glorious years and a lot of hits, and I think it was you know I thought I would give him two more games, maybe up to four you know, game four, make that decision. But you know what? I guess the GMs and the coaches know something that we don't know. That's why they do what they do. And, you know, Daniel Jones came in, and one of the things that I that caught my eye is the fact his mobility. The kid had two rushing touchdowns. Uses legs to keep plays alive. Can, you know, can make throws on the uh, on the move. His poise in the pocket, man. I mean, that's why they call him Danny Dimes, man. He threw, he threw some great balls. His accuracy was really impressive. Again, today, making throws in the right places, giving the receivers an opportunity to make a play. Keeping them away, you know, keep making throws in the right spots or like that. They're not, you know, so we won't so get picked off or, or intercepted. It's just, I mean, he was really impressive today. 336 passing yards, man. That's pretty crazy for a debut of a rookie. The kid also showed, apart from the poise, is that, yo, Danny Dimes has waters, ice waters in his veins, man. I mean, that eight play, 75 yard winning drive. To just, hey, so an opportunity, they opened the pocket for him, and he just took off and, you know, scored the winning touchdown. That's that's leadership. That's having an excellent quarterback IQ. The dude's not stupid. He's smart. What can you say? Wow. Maybe we're going to stink for the rest of the year, but if this is what we're going to see, or half of the version, if we see half of what Daniel Jones shows us today, I think we'll be okay for the future. And maybe not this year, but we, I think we're going to be fine for the future. We just probably... And we, you know, I think we just found our quarterback for uh, for many, many years to come. And you know what? What better way for the heir, the heir apparent, Daniel Jones, to take the, the throne from the heir, which is Eli Manning, is from one goofy-looking bastard to another. This goofy-looking bastard in, Dan, in Danny Dimes is way a little way more mobile than Eli, so he's a little faster than Eli. So from one goofy bastard to another, passing the throne, take us to the future. Yo, Danny Dimes got busy, and Dimes Mania is running wild and it ran wild on the Bucks for the first strike. So what you gonna do when Dimes Mania, baby, runs wild on you and on your next team? I'm gonna say something that's gonna piss a lot of people off. I said this four podcasts ago right after the preseason. Daniel Jones looks like a real quarterback, but Kyler Murray looks like a quarterback, but I don't think an elite quarterback. But Danny Dimes, I think, had a, has had better. And just in his first game, even though uh, Kyler has passed for 300 yards twice, and today he looked okay, not great, Danny Dimes is a full package. Imagine if he had a Fitzpatrick or a Christian Kirk on his team. huh? This kid would be un- unreal and unstoppable, at least for this year. On a bad note, 
Man, Saquon Barkley suffers a high ankle sprain. Huge blow for the team. Yes, this is not going to help Danny Dimes, uh, you know, be successful. Remember, we saw a nice taste. Great, great, great job today by, you know, great game by Daniel Jones. We're probably going to see some real bad ones after this. Not having Saquon Barkley, security blanket, can catch it, can run with it. It's going to be it's going to be difficult for uh, for the rookie quarterback in order to, uh, you know, have a little bit of a bailout or a security blanket around him. And that's what Saquon did. And there was a couple of plays today that Saquon caught some passes that helped him um, pretty much settle in and get away himself from trouble of getting sacked. So a huge blow. Saquon is our best offensive player in the team and the heart and soul of that team. So hey, it's a big blow for the for the um, for the G man. But again, bro, the Daniel Jones, the Daniel Jones era has begun. And I don't think it's it's uh, slowing down anytime soon. Moving on, man, and you know, I'm I'm hyped up about this whole Daniel Jones things, but I I, I can't believe that I'm we're talking to, I'm still talking about this. Uh, it was the third or the fourth consecutive week, week right? Uh, Antonio Brown saga continue. We know the SI story came out this week. Boom, the Brittany Taylor gets interviewed by the NFL on Monday. We don't know what the outcome of that is yet. Antonio Brown is a complete douchebag against people that he does business with. People that he buys goods from, people that he renders service from. He's not a great, he doesn't pay well. He embarrasses them. He uses authority, sticks his penises out and shows them, gets naked, farts in front of them, all that kind of stuff. And we kind of knew that there's a lot of smoke right now in the air. And usually where there's smoke, there's fire. And remember last week, Robert Kraft was not aware of the allegations that of his lawsuit that it was going to become public because you know he knew about it. i mean ab knew about it because he did had he went through mediation and arbitration before the lawsuit came out and robert Kraft clearly said last week that if he um knew about the allegations of anything like that if antonio brown would have mentioned something he would have never he would have never approved the uh the signing so here we are here is saturday and the new england patriots put out a statement are releasing antonio brown he, uh, the spokesman said that they appreciate the hard work of many people over the last 11 days, but they feel that is best for them to move forward. All in the, um, the timing of, uh, SI's, uh, Sports Illustrated article that came out. And basically since that time, two women have come forward with allegations of sexual misconduct against Antonio Brown. One of them is a former trainer of Brown, which we know who she is. Brittany Taylor filed a lawsuit against rape and stuff like that. We know that one. And then another one came out this week in the Sports Illustrated article saying that uh, it was a painter illustrated that Brown exposed himself to her while she was working on a mural at his Pittsburgh home two years ago. So the painter and uh, this Thursday, Sports Illustrated also posted that the painter, the painter received group texts that appear to come from the same phone number Brown provided in 2017. And there's a text chain with four other phone numbers on it which included photos of her, her, her children, with the person that believe is Brown encouraging others in the group to investigate the woman. The texter accused the artist of fabricating her account of the 2017 incident for cash. So here we go. Again, this woman over here wanted it, the threats to stop, the intimidation tactics to stop, and she filed the case against Brown. Man, again, when there's smoke, there's fire. So, Drew Rosenhaus on Sunday said, hey, it's unfortunate, uh, they didn't work out with the Patriots, but Antonio Brown's healthy and looking forward to other opportunities, blah, 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 blah. AB goes on Saturday, puts it out there. Hey, thank you. That was on Friday, actually. Thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate Patriots. That's it. You know, that was Friday. Everything was good. Everything was awesome. Antonio Brown kept it pretty quiet for that Friday and Saturday so far. Here comes Sunday. 
and the Twitter tirade starts, which I know social media helped get Antonio Brown out of the Raiders contract and waived by the team, which is what he wanted it. I don't think this is going to get him anywhere. And right now, Antonio Brown is really taking it too far in social media. It only works once or twice, my friend, and you've kind of depleted your life right now. He went on a tirade on Sunday morning right before the game started. And he went after everybody. After thanking everybody for the opportunity and everybody else and posting pictures of Belichick and all that good stuff. Here we go. Starts. Starts on uh, in the morning. He tweeted like about 12 hours ago. I will not be playing in the NFL anymore. These owners can cancel deals, do whatever they want at any time. We'll, we will see if the, you know, the NFLPA holds them accountable so that they can just void guarantees anytime. Going on $40 million, two months, we'll see if they pay up. Master P throws some BS. He posts a picture of uh, him and that Brittany Taylor, I guess, in a in a picture of them, I guess, high-fiving each other, saying that Robert Kraft got caught for, got caught in a parlor, you know, the rum and tug, and nothing has proven with me. Hmm. Then he also said about Shannon Sharp. When Shannon Sharp in 2010, his rape allegation or whatever, he stepped out of the media. What about me? Then he goes, Ben got four games suspended. What about me? Seems unfair in this world, that kind of stuff. So he went after after Twitter, putting all his stuff out here. Look, I don't think this is going to work like it did for the Raiders. This is not going to help Antonio Brown. I'm going to tell you why right now. He has no credibility whatsoever. His credibility as a person has been shot. And you know why? Because he's stupid. And you know who's even more stupid? His freaking lawyers. He should get a whole new law team. Because how the hell are you going to allow this individual to put on text threatening information and defamation of this individual by saying, unfortunately, saying that she is broke. We need to get the the goods on her. Look at her. She's doing all this for money. It's sad. Over and over again. And then he's copying in in the group text his lawyers. How do these lawyers don't call him right away and say, dude, stop texting, you dumbass. This can be used at any time. It could incriminate you. Nobody said that. So this is a guy that exposed himself in front of this painter who was doing a mural at his home and was flirty with her. He she paid no mind. And then all of a sudden, he's out there with a handcloth covering his penis and starts having a conversation. Again, Brown paid her two grand for the two days of work. And the national says Brown never paid the $700 painting that for that he successfully bid at an auction. So it's crazy. He didn't pay the woman for the whole money, got their buck naked with, you know, just covering his penis. And then when she files suit, this dude is actually texting her and her, her, you know, her lawyers along in the same group chat with his lawyers saying how this is sad, man. We got to investigate her. She's doing this for money. She's probably broke. Look at her. Then putting pictures of her and her kids. I'm telling you. Antonio Brown must be the stupidest individual, the dumbest, dumbest individual you've ever met in your life. And so is his law team, bro. That he should, I don't know what people are thinking. Drew Rosenhouse, really, really, uh, it's not going to work his magic on here. So this is what we got with Antonio Brown. He is out of the league right now. He has no team. He's in the league, but he has no team that he's going to play for. And nobody's going to touch him this year. Too much damaged goods, too much baggage. And he's pissed off. Because at the owners of the teams, because he got he got cut twice, he got waived twice by two different teams. It's not on the teams. It's not the team's fault. It's on you, my man. You make your destiny as a player. 
Look, if Antonio Brown wants to make his own rules, control his own future, future, not get cut, not get waived by any team, then Antonio Brown needs to be his own boss and an owner of his own team, not an employee. I think Antonio Brown fails to understand that even though he's a very highly paid football player, salaries of, uh, salaries of four, four to 500 CEOs, but at the end of the day, he's still an employee that he signs a contract for, that has clauses, that has requirements, that has rules. The team is a company. They have, a gui- they have guidelines. They have rules like any employee for a company. Everybody signs the guidelines and the rules. And guess what, bro? You can't break them. You can't lie in your application. And he did when he applied to work for the New England Patriots when they, you know, when he got away from the Raiders. Guess what? They have the right to cut you, Antonio Brown. You want to be the boss? Own your own team. And then you don't have to be an employee and suffer the consequences. Because in the real world, employees get fired by owners at will. Put that on your pipe and smoke it, AB. All right, moving on. Last week, Lamar Jackson, the new hotness, was the battle of the Heismans with Kyler Murray. This week, he's in the battle of the 2-0 teams and the battle of the best QB with the best QB. I guess the best QB, the truth, Pat Mahomes. And Mahomes was definitely superior. Let me give you my reaction to this game, man, because it was highly anticipated. Jackson against Mahomes. It was going to be great. You know, Jackson has been having a heck of a season throwing. Had an unbelievable start. Throwing like five, like six touchdowns in the first two games. Well, different story in this one. Meeting the machine, the offensive juggernaut of the Kansas City Chiefs. He was playing from behind all game. And that's what I said. I want to see Lamar Jackson go against better defense. Not like Arizona is nothing crazy. They don't have a great defense. And, you know, they played the Dolphins the first week. So now he's playing a real team. And you saw the flashes of Mr. Uh, Lamar Jackson from last year, the Tebow 2.0 kind of flash. And look, it's hard. It's hard. When you're playing the Chiefs, you're playing an offensive machine that is led by Andy Reid, who's showing these young coaches like the McVeighs and the whatever the dude from the rookie coach from um, from um, Arizona is. You know, these guys that have all this innovative new offense and stuff like that. Andy Reid show these young, showing these young bucks in the last two years that like he's the godfather when it comes to offensive play calling and offenses. All right, because what he did today was uh, unbelievable. I mean, it doesn't hurt when you have a a machine like Pat Mahomes. Who's the truth? I mean, counting today's game, Mahomes is on a 13th game straight game with more than 300 yards. Damn, breaking a tie with Hall of Famer Kurt Warner for the most by a player in the first 20 games in NFL history. Unreal. Unreal. I mean, Mahomes again shredded the Ravens, who have a very, very good defense. 374 yards, three touchdowns. Again, that second quarter was insane. And look, he does it again. It doesn't matter if Tariq Hill is there or not because he's hurt. Damian Williams came out, no problem. Goes again, throws to three different receivers. Hardman again, two receptions, one touchdown. Um, Robinson again with another TD. LaShawn McCoy went in there and took over the running game. Had 54 yards rushing and then caught another 26 with a touchdown. They made some schemes, some flair for, for Shady. Shady got busy. Shady scored. That's what Andy Reid does in his schemes. And Patrick Mahomes capitalizes on that all the freaking time. It is what it is. I am telling you right now, people, every record Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady have set Mahomes will shred if he remains healthy throughout his career. It is what it is. It's just unreal how good Mahomes is and keeps proving it week after week. 
We all said, well, let's see what second year has to hold. He did not miss a beat. He kept coming and picked off from where he left last year. 300-yard games after 300-yard games over and over again. Unreal. Unreal. This team is a a juggernaut. Injuries or not, Mahomes is the truth. And like I mentioned, and I'm going to keep saying this probably throughout the season goes along, Mahomes is the quarterback that doesn't need the wide receivers. He makes the wide receivers. The wide receivers don't make Mahomes. Remember that. He doesn't need elite players around him in order to be great. It does help to get him to win, but Robinson, Hardman, these guys are came from nowhere. All right, Sammy Watkins, who was, was a good player, you know, early pick, but has been washed up. Dude, come on. This guy's ridiculous. Ridiculous. It, he, this is what he does. What he does is make, he makes it rain. Patrick Mahomes makes it rain in that field, regardless of who he has to pass the ball to or hand it to. That's how crazy this dude is. That's how great of an athlete this guy is. I'm telling you, there's one quarterback that I know, Tom Brady, the GOAT, who killed it today, is afraid of going against and know that he has his, apart from Eli Manning, his name is Patrick Mahomes. That's the cat that Tom Brady does not want to see in the AFC Finals this year before he has to go to the Super Bowl for a second time around. Because I think this time, I think it's going to go the other way. But Mahomes is the truth. Look, Lamar Jackson, Team Tebow 2.0, used his legs, you know, helped uh, attempt at a comeback, brought his team back. Fortunately, when you got to come from behind and you are still a developing passer as Mahomes is, I mean, I'm sorry, as uh, Lamar Jackson's is, that's what happens. Great, He has greatly improved this year in the passing game, but we're going to see he's going to get tested against really, really good teams. KC was the first big test. When you play bad secondaries like Arizona and Miami, it's a whole lot easier to put into play the things that you've uh, been working on in the whole offseason. But look, we're, we're going to see what he's made of. People are going to force him to run and not throw because, yeah, they got, you know, when you got to come from behind, it's a whole lot more, it's more difficult. And he, you know, he got, he was actually, um, you know, they, they, they covered him. They, they, they covered the receivers. They did a good job of Marquise Brown. who has been having a heck of a season. You know, all the points were from the ground. Mark Ingram had a strong game and that's what they did last year. They ran the ball a lot and that's how they scored. And that's this Ravens team against the Kansas City um, Chiefs look like the team from last year. They're good. But when they eliminate their air game, they're a beatable team. And they'll lose against a good team. And that's what I see about Lamar Jackson and this Ravens team. Great defense. Much improved passing game. But still, I think he still has a lot to develop. And yes, they will lose against the good teams. They're good enough to make the playoffs in a weak division. But they will lose to the big teams. Lamar, keep improving, brother. Keep going up. You're still Team Tebow 2.0 in my book. The new hotness. But yo, look. Keep your head up, player. Keep working at what you're doing and do your thing. All right, getting to the biggest losers of the week. And we only had two this week. I mean, if I had to guess who would be in the list, you'd probably have a, have a pretty good guess of who's that going to be. And of course, is the Miami Dolphins. Let's start with the Miami Dolphins. They are one of the biggest. Le who, the her. And I don't know if Miami's ever going to get off this list on a week-to-week basis, but I mean, today was just another sorry performance. I don't know. I, I'm even speechless. I'm so speechless, it's not even funny. Second consecutive week, failed to score a touchdown or score in double digits. This week, they actually had opportunities. Josh Rosen made some really good plays and put them in, in uh, positions where they could, where they, you know, where they had opportunities to score. Drop passes, fumbles in the end zone, the red zone, which is not going to make, it's not going to keep it up. It's not going to make it work. Just in that matter, you, you're going to be, they're probably going to be in this list week over week. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. 
But Miami, just just horrible. And they have nothing. Even when they have a chance to score, they don't even make the right challenge. Because they could have challenged a touchdown today by their receiver and their coach didn't. So I think they're even intentionally trying to tank. So Miami, you're probably not going to out of this for the rest of the season. But hey, congratulations. You make the biggest loser list of the week for the third consecutive week. The next biggest are the Tennessee Titans and Mr. Marcus Mariota, who is, I don't know what the hell's wrong with this guy, man. I'm not even going to look at the stats, but can you, when you lose to a 70s porn star looking backup quarterback, you deserve to be on this list just on that premises alone. Score seven points, two weeks in a row they got, they lost. Marcus Mariota should be fired and not resigned for next year. Hey, man, he had a good run, four good years. Not even good. They sucked anyway. One year made it to the playoffs. It's all right. Not enough, but man, that team was sorry losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars who are depleted and have a quarterback that wants to be Dirk Diggler. For that reason alone, Tennessee, your franchise is completely horrible and suck. You are, you made the biggest. List of the week. And let's close this out, man. Let's close out this week with uh, my boy, Eli Manning. In light of Daniel Jones' era, that we have to recognize the man that had to step down in order for Daniel Jones to get here. Eli Manning is a class act, a team first player, has had a 15-year career that has been very productive, winning two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs, has been a guy that's given us all had a, to me, had a great career. The only quarterback ever to take down the GOAT, Brady and Belichick, the GOATs, I mean, twice, including stopping a almost record-breaking undefeated season. That, you're welcome, Dolphins. Just react to the numbers, man. This guy has had a great career, has been a has given his all to the Giants, and fit over 56,000 yards that he's thrown for. I know his record doesn't speak great. The last, since 1915, I think Eli has been, should have retired maybe two years ago. But I think that's hurt his record. I mean, he's had decent numbers, Super Bowls along. Uh, just on the Super Bowl matter and the great run that he did. He was 7-2 and two in those Super Bowl runs. Look, well, you, what more can you say? How many players that have probably better numbers than he had have made the Hall of Fame without a ring or beating great players in the clutch like Tom Brady and great teams? I mean, this guy one year had to go through Brett Favre, Tony Romo, and then Tom Brady in order to make it all on the road, by the way, in order to make it and win that chip. All right. So, yeah, Eli, in my book, is a Hall of Famer. And thank you, Eli, for the memories. I know he's going to be a heck of a mentor. He's going to support this kid, Daniel Jones, to help him uh, become the best quarterback he can, because that's what Eli does. That's what Eli do. He's a Manning. Manning's a nothing but class act and world class. To all the haters that do not think that Eli Manning deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, you can kiss his ass and his two Super Bowl rings. Because the dude is a Hall of Famer in my book. And I'll guarantee you, not just an average Joe just saying it, that a lot when the day comes, he will be in the Hall of Fame with that jacket, baby. With his two Super Bowl rings just sitting next to Tom Brady saying, hey man, too bad, bro. I got you twice. That's all I got this week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I appreciate the love, man. To my new listeners, yo, hit that subscription button. Below in the description, you'll see uh, the links where all my um, where you can listen to my podcast and all the different types of um, platforms. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter. 
my loyal listeners, I appreciate the love as day one. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is your boy E-Man signing out. Peace. Oh. Oh.